0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to GWK, The Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, and on today's podcast, we're speaking with Rick Clemens, a motivational speaker, podcaster, life coach, and surprise, a gay dad. (laughs) Uh, So he, like many queer parents, was originally married to a woman, and uh, this is how he had his kids, was within this marriage. And like many queer dads in this scenario, he eventually found the strength to come out and live his life authentically. But he also managed to turn that process and that uh, journey that he went through into a successful career as a motivational speaker and a life coach. And it's interesting because as you'll hear us talk about on this episode, he originally intended to apply these skills to help others that were in his exact same situation, a lot of queer men who were married with kids and struggling to, to come out. But as LGBTQ acceptance has increased over the years, this is becoming less a part of his clientele, the need to help coach people. Coming out later in life is becoming um, a less substantive part of of what he does. Not to say that there's not plenty of people still going through this later in life. And he has a whole podcast dedicated to helping people explore coming out later in life. But he's also started to apply this concept of coming out in the closet to other issues and to other situations, which I actually found really inspiring. So he helps people think through that might have been out of the closet for decades. You know, if you can find the strength to come out and live your life authentically, Why can't you use that same strength to apply to every other situation in your life, to find the job that you want, to find the relationship you want, to raise the family that you want. So I actually think it's a really cool, interesting concept. We have a a great conversation about it. I know you'll enjoy it as well. So sit back and enjoy. And then afterwards, please like, subscribe and comment wherever you get your podcast. I also just want to let everyone know that unfortunately, this is going to be the last podcast we record for the foreseeable future. We have had such an incredible time putting together this podcast each and every season. We've had some really amazing guests on. We've covered some really important topics. And there's three seasons worth of really great content for you to go explore. If you haven't listened to all of those yet, please go and do that. Uh, but for now gays with kids is making the decision to focus more internally on getting its new coaching program the gwk academy off the ground this is our new program that walks gay bi, and trans men through everything they need to know about becoming a dad through the pathways available to us namely surrogacy adoption and foster care so check it out at gayswithkids.com or um, the new app the gwk academy app which you can get wherever you get your apps Uh, so, uh, definitely go check that out. I'm sure if you don't need it yourself, you know, someone who does, it's a really great resource and I do hope that in the future we'll be able to bring this podcast back when resources allow, but again, please go back and check out the three incredible seasons worth of content that we have for now. We're signing off and let me just again, thank everyone who has listened to these podcasts, who's liked and subscribed, who's written in with their feedback. Uh, It's been a really great uh, experience putting this together for you, and I do hope that we can bring it back. Uh, So for now, enjoy this last episode and hope to see you on a future podcast. Rick Clemens, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for
1: having me. I'm so excited to be connected again with you guys. It's been a while.
0: This being the the Gays With Kids podcast, we like to usually start with, you know, no matter who our guest is, talking about your particular path to parenthood. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how and when you became a dad?
1: So I actually was in a heterosexual relationship and um, I had come out when I was 19 and then I went back in the closet due to, like many people who were in heterosexual relationships, we went back in because of religion and family pressure and this is not who you're supposed to be, right? And I loved my spouse. We had a good marriage and one of the greatest gifts, of course, was becoming a father. That wasn't why I got married. People bash me. Oh, you just did this to get kids? No, I'm a smart enough guy. I could have done that without that, right? Well, geez, uh, anyone
0: saying that probably does not have kids. You know well, exactly, exactly. Thank <laughs> you. Very your whole much. life is to have kids, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: that was my journey. And then at 36 years old, I could no longer live a double life. And I know there's been plenty of guys who, who are in the gays with kids community who have gone through this. And it is That's such true. a, it's such a journey, quite honestly. And it's all very unique, but um that was you know kind of how everything unfolded and it happened very quickly wasn't easy wasn't horrible could have been worse I know there's guys in our community that it's it's a horrible journey and ladies as well but um that's kind of how it all began to unfold for me
0: my guess is that some of this background is what led you to your current profession which is you are a motivational speaker life coach and author yeah. Uh And according to your Instagram bio, you use these professions to kick gay men in the ass lovingly to live with no excuses, no fears, no apologies life. So <laughs> well, I try to
1: I try to. But, you know, it's interesting, David, because back in 1999, when this was all unfolding, ironically, you know, 1999, when Y2K was going to was like the biggest thing. And here I suddenly throw this explosion into all this. You know, if somebody had said to me as I was actually dancing at midnight to Prince's 1999, that you're going to use this and it's going to become your career. I would have said, uh, no, <laughs> not at all. And it did take a few years. I left some corporate jobs and decided to become a marketing branding guy on my own consulting company. And then ironically, I started meeting other guys who were like, well, how did you do this? What did, you know, what did you do? And I'd always been kind of a coaching kind of guy. And I started thinking, this is what really I feel called to. And then suddenly it started happening and snowballing. And then I started working with men and helping them, what I say, come out with dignity and respect for themselves and others as much as you can.
0: What are some of the main issues that you filled in your line of work with gay men? And you work specifically with with yep. queer men. Yep. Uh, queer men. Yep. Yep. Um, one of the key things, and this is not any brand new news, obviously
1: it's religion is a big thing that comes up like, Ooh, I, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, obviously, you know, family issues like, okay, well, we thought you were this and now you're this, you know, and, um, obviously working through separations and divorce, but at the start of it all, David, it's like loving and owning yourself. I mean, that's where I start with, you know, (laughs) some guys will come in for their initial like, well, let's see if this is actually the path. I'm like, well, let's start with, why do you think you're gay? (laughs) They're like, really? That's going to be the question. I'm like, yeah, because Some people can be attracted to men and it's not like permanent thing. Or it's like, I just want to explore. And they're like, I do this. And no, it's not for me. Other guys, it is really like, I really have to get in touch with who I am. I've got to figure this out because the movement forward doesn't happen unless you really get into the heart, the core of that piece. The other thing that obviously will show up when it's a heterosexual relationship and this becomes part of the equation of coming out is how do I navigate my life with kids? How do i you know how do i have a voice with my kids sometimes it can be really ugly i hate it when that's where it is but it can be really ugly and nope you're not going to have any you know contact with the kids and all this sort of stuff and it's unfortunate but you know those are the biggie things and then of course <laughs> we're gay men right okay great we're out we're doing this like oh my gosh i don't know how to date oh my gosh i don't know how i fit in the community those are posts coming out those are some of the bigger things that I think most guys are like, it's going to be great. I'm going to do this. And then like, Oh my gosh, dating a guy, this is really hard. So uh, those are kind of the places I specialize in.
0: Nice. So let's take a couple of these specific yep. examples and actually, you know, given the the theme of our podcast uh, and, and like you mentioned, a big chunk of our following are uh, gay men or queer, bi men, yep. trans men who are in um, different sex relationships and have come out and, and have kids uh, through that uh, way. So, I guess the circumstances, I'm sure matter a lot, sure. depending on um, you know how this is impacting the the people in their lives. But what are some of the ways that you coach someone through what is for a lot of people one of the most traumatic and difficult and also liberating and empowering? moments of their lives right
1: well i tell them to get their gay magic wand out and just wave it and everything (laughs) will be fine right
0: (laughs) watch the unicorns
1: and rainbows and everything no um actually one of the things that i really start with with everybody is like okay let's really get into your values like we all talk about our values this is important to me that's important to me but if you're not really aligned with those values like if you know if truly being in integrity and honesty is something that's important to you This is probably the reason you're coming out, number one. So how do we use that as the basis for continuing to move forward? Because it will show up in future relationships with guys. It'll show up in how you have a relationship with your children and how you talk to kids. So I really hone in on let's get clear on what you value and what you believe. (laughs) If you're coming from a highly Christian background we really sometimes have to unpack like belief systems. Well, uh, you're not necessarily going to hell. Let's just be real about this, right? But that's a biggie to break through. And so that's where I start the all the work. Secondarily, it's about being confident in those values and those beliefs. That is a big chess piece in the move of coming out with these individuals to like go, okay. You get to you get to be fully in your values, you get to like really re-examine your beliefs. Create some new beliefs around this because as you create those and step into them, this is what empowers you. This
0: is what inspires you. One of the most interesting guests I, that I've had on the on this podcast is a woman from um, Our Path, which was formerly the Straight Spouses Network. So yep. they, these are folks yep. that so you're familiar. Yeah. Talking with her about you know it's it is such a ripple effect when we come out, mm-hmm. no matter what yep. our situation is. Right, it, it can be a very life altering thing, not just for you but for the people around you and it can take a while for people to kind of catch up and get yeah. to if they ever get to where you want them to be in terms of accepting you and loving you who you are uh but when you're married to a woman in this context and have children it's uh you know in talking with uh Kristen from from our past she was mentioning that you know it's this moment of kind of adolescence almost for a lot of queer men when they mm-hmm. first come out no matter how old you are right yep. you need to be selfish in these moments and you need to be putting yourself first uh, but that doesn't uh, necessarily mean that you're not impacting other people and that right. it's also hard for them as well. What's kind of the range of experience you've seen in this same capacity as, as men are coming out and you're helping them?
1: Well, it, it's huge. I mean, we have those that are like, okay, it's my time. It's time for me to be me. And da, da, da. And again, it I, it, it kind of emanates from what's their experience, like how their own familial upbringing, like if they've had a really dominant you know, parent in their life, that's like it's this is the way it is this is how it goes sometimes those guys who suddenly come out they adopt that same quote behavior and characteristics like I'm done then you go to what I'm gonna say can be a really different extreme where I'm so sorry I hate that I did this I'm so shameful da, da da and you can get stuck in there I try to move people into where's the beautiful center like where can you do this and that's why I say I work with men to help them come out with dignity and respect for all. Now, I'm not going to say I did that perfectly. I didn't. But that's why I do this now. It's like there is there is a way to try to do this until there's a way that it doesn't work. You know, you will right. reach the, in certain cases. There will be that you hit the block wall and there is no giving on the other side or some family members and you just have to embrace, OK, yes, I am moving forward. I'm going to be who I need to be in the world the hardest ones to work with quite honestly and sometimes you're forced into it are the individuals who are like screw this i'm gonna go be me and everybody else can go hang i had one potential client and i actually walked away from him who Mm -hmm. said it's my time and i gave her house i gave her wealth i gave her kids i gave her i need to go be me okay i get that feeling but he couldn't move off of that and so then he's like i don't understand why we can't just come to a center i'm like I cared for him, but I'm like, I don't think unless you can see yourself to kind of like, hey, how can we do this that you're ever going to have any success? Now, I will say in that particular instance, his spouse was as much on her side of the fence, too. So even though they were actually working in therapy at the time and when I do some of these, I actually will work with their therapist as well as them. The therapist and I had a couple of conversations and their therapist was like, this isn't, it's just going to be ugly. It's that's just yeah. what it's going to be. So, but I try to find where's the middle path as much as we can.
0: So for folks with kids in this instance, also obviously taking the kids into consideration here right. is, is of utmost importance and it can be very difficult to do. Obviously the age of the kids matters a lot yep. here, how you approach this and talk to them about uh, your journey what's happening to your family. So how do you coach folks through this in an age appropriate way with the, with their children?
1: So in my case, my kids were, oh, my oldest was five and a half. My youngest was 18 months old. So that we were kind of growing up with this, right? Especially my youngest one. She didn't, and it's one of my biggest heartaches. She doesn't remember mom and dad ever being together. Right. My oldest one, I approached it from the perspective of sometimes families, mom and dads just don't work out. We didn't really bring the, quote, gay thing in per se. But I did say daddy loves other people being other men. And as we talked through, it it was always about how you love someone and how you care for someone. and, And we slowly do it. Now, erase that and then move to somebody who has teens. It's a whole different conversation because teens are like they're already they're in their own interesting development. Right. And then especially if dad starts acting like a teen himself, <laughs> he's coming out of the closet. It's like, OK, well, you're acting like a teenager, just like your teenager. You got to kind of like meet him somewhere where they can really you know meet in the middle. And the hardest part has right. been oftentimes, especially with teens. Wait, I'm having a hard time because this is who you were supposed to be to me and now is this going to happen to me is this what is this how i'm going to so there's a much deeper level of you know having honest conversations and helping them understand in the best way possible and i often will advocate if you have a hard time having these conversations definitely have a therapist or a coach involved that can say let's talk about sexuality let's talk about gender let's talk about human attraction let's Let's help them try to understand this. And then, of course, you know, if you're in a space where there's the whole religious conversations and everything, the more you can openly talk and be honest, the better you're going to be with your children. I am not an advocate at all for like hide things, but also don't talk beyond what they can comprehend. And then the interesting ones, the really interesting ones are the ones who have adult children you know, suddenly, I mean, my, I think the oldest person I've worked with so far is 72 years old. He had grown kids like grown kids and grandbabies. You're now talking adult to adult, you know, and you're talking a lot of years of deception that show up. So honor that, Hey, I know you're going to feel like I've deceived you. I feel like I've also deceived myself, not justifying it, but let's talk about why we went down this path and why I felt so compelled to be there. I think the more honest we are in any relationships it may still be painful and it may hurt but that honesty and approach to I'm trying to meet you in a space where you can understand
0: me it's usually opens the door more than this is the way it is deal with it absolutely I am curious how you coach people for and this is going to be easy for me to say because I was lucky enough to have my gay adolescence during my actual adolescence I had a very supportive family came out at a young age and so, you know, I got to make a lot of dumb mistakes right. at the same age that most of my straight friends made the same dumb mistakes. So in some ways, when I see friends of mine and, and know people, and especially within the community of gays with kids, right. when I talk with folks that come out later in life, I get it. I'm like, you, you missed out on so much of what I was able to uh, benefit as you know a younger person. And again, you know, there's no time that's like the perfect time to come out people do it right. all ages. People realize they're gay much, you know, it's not like a lot of people are always living this life in the closet um, completely. And these realizations can come at any age, but to the extent that we're talking about prioritizing you and uh, letting yourself experience these things, because you're going to make mistakes, right? There's right. no coming out of the closet and then, you know, becoming Pete judge, right? right. Like, <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of mistakes that happen along the way. And I, I don't think that you can get there without trial and error. Yep. but that can also be hard for people to watch in your family and your friends and loved ones as you're kind of experimenting with that and trying to figure out where you fit within this lgbtq community which can also be not you know at times not the most yep. accepting the people uh, when they're going through this process so so how do you walk people through how to you know figure these things out where they fit in this community how much to be experimenting and how openly to be about those uh trial and errors that you're making with your with your family that's a great question
1: because it becomes very individual. And what I see happen a lot of times is first of all, you move from, okay, so we're gonna go from like my my situation, a lot of situations of people in the gays with kid community where suddenly you've had this consistent family unit. You're coming home, you're being in a relationship, everything you know works and suddenly that consistency is gone. So where do you find comfort? Oh, you wanna rush right out and get back to that consistency even those guys are like, it's my turn. There's a, there is a sense a lot of times it's either like a really extreme, like I'm just going to go have fun, which I advocate, go have fun, go experiment, because that's the only way you're going to get these answers. Sometimes that becomes too much. And then they wonder why they can't find something. Right. Right. But what's at the core for most is I just want to, I just want to feel what I had before. So suddenly they come out and they latch onto the first guy that comes along and they hold on so tight and it, you know i was holding on tight to some guys who'd been out for years i suffocate the relationship right or they find another guy who's just coming out too and that becomes i'm not saying all but that can become a recipe for disaster too because you're both dealing with dual emotions of i'm leaving my spouse you're leaving your spouse isn't this cool we both have kids this is going to be so great i painted that fairy tale picture with a guy and it was so not the right direction to go Because I was caught up more in the emotion of the fairy tale, like, look, we could be this beautiful, loving family without going, wait, Rick, are you really into him? Are you really aligned with who he is? And so it's a hard space for us to find how do we navigate it through. But that's when I dial back to if you could put yourself in your teen life as the man that you are right now with what you know the desires to be and what you think you're attracted to, and what you would like to see your life look like. If you could do that from that teen space with the maturity and the knowledge you have about who you are right now, would you actually be doing some of the stuff you see yourself doing? Maybe to some degree, yes, but probably not because older, wiser, we can see some things. I also sometimes joke like, go have your gay rom-con and see... (laughs) how it all works out right because that's how we learn from these things but the biggest mistake i do see a lot of guys and it's the painful one it's the ones that jump immediately out of a relationship right into what they think is the relationship and then wow that's not working and they think there's something wrong with them and then a lot of times those explode and not in a good way you know it's like suddenly like and then they lose complete belief i had one client actually say i think i just need to go back my life because I'm not going to be able to do this. The other thing that also happens, Dave, and I think you kind of alluded to it in the question, is we get caught up in the closet of gay life. We move out of one closet and suddenly everybody, quote, and I'm saying this, I don't want anybody to get ticked off, but we step into the stereotype of this is how you do gay. Didn't you read the handbook? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there is no handbook. The way you do gay is the way you do gay. For some of us being super out and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And for others, like, I'm just a guy who likes guys and I, I want a life, I want a family, blah blah. and so you're right. One of the most shocking things that happened to me. And and it was actually one of the best things that now I can use in my coaching. I lived in Southern California, uh, when I came out and, um, I lived in Laguna beach, one of the gayest capitals of the country at that time. Right. Still has a gay following, but not none of the bars are there or anything. And I remember right after coming out, I was at the bar one night. Talking to this guy, swooning, you know, swooning like a schoolgirl in heat, right? And I said, "Well, <laughs> hey, I gotta go." He goes, Why do you have to go? I'm like, "Well, I, I gotta go pick up my kids." Oh, you're a breeder. Ooh, and I was like, "Wait, what did you?" He goes, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't do guys with kids." I'm wow. like, "Wow." but that was one of the most amazing moments. Like, okay, checkbox here. I'm going to be pretty. And I was up front. It was amazing. We're just flirting uh, like it was Friday night flirting in a bar. Right. I'm like, I will never not say I have kids again, because I I mean, this is, this is what you get. If you can't do this, then we, we're not going to work. But it also helped me realize I'm not going to conform. I, I conformed for 36 years. I'm not going to conform just to be part of the gay community. And I love our community. I mean, God bless us. But, Sometimes I think we go that route, let everybody be themselves in our community as much as we wanna be ourselves in the world community.
0: And the LGBTQ plus community includes those of us with kids, which is a growing portion of our community, yep. right? Especially yep. in this younger generation, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna look pretty unrecognizable to older ones, the uh, number of us that, that are raising kids. Yep. Yep. Um, so hopefully that will start to change, but it is something that especially single queer men that I know that have kids, and, and you know and i'm single so going through this in my own dating experience trying to find someone that is both not repelled by kids right <laughs> in the gay community i live in new york you know right, this right. is not, you know, not the most kid-centric city in the world especially when you're dating right uh but then also so on the other extreme it's finding people that want their own kids yep. and maybe you're you're done right? right you've had your kids you've invested in the kids that you have i mean this i'm sure is very similar in this maybe not as similar in the straight world because i don't think there's as many people that are just kind of sworn off the children completely. Uh, but so helping people kind of navigate being a single man with yep. kids in, in this world and dating, uh, I imagine is, is a complicated thing. There's no easy answer. There is no easy him. answer,
1: you know, and, and actually on the flip side, you know, I got lucky. I mean, I met a guy who was like, I mean, for the first few years I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it because you know, my obligations yeah. as a parent were pretty intense. Right here we are 21 years later. So obviously at work, the kids are grown and all that stuff, but it can be very difficult for not only the person who's single, like in your case, who has a kid, but then the person who's like, okay, I think I'm coming into this sort of thing. I don't know if this is a fit. Now, if you were to ask right. my husband, he will say that was one of the things that actually attracted me to him is that this yeah. is a family guy. So I think find that balance, but you know, to your point of the you know how you manage this I remember right after with the very first time that we went to family week in Provincetown and I was involved with family equality for a while there and first family week and everything and I met a guy who was single and we were talking about kids we were at one of the events and I said oh where's your partner he goes oh I don't have a partner (laughs) and you know our community can be (laughs) not the best people at times. And there was a guy standing next to us and the guy walked away after we'd talked a little bit and he goes, I just don't understand these gay men who are single and think they have to have a child. Don't they know they need a man before they can do this? I'm like,
0: really, really? Well, this, <laughs> that's really nicely into my next question for you, actually, because uh, another big chunk of our following are single queer men who want kids, mm-hmm. but, um, can find any number of reasons that are valid for not pursuing it on their own right so when uh, this is actually true even for for couples sure. but it's either too expensive and with adoption yep. and so you know the past available to us if you if you haven't had a kid in a, in a different sex relationship and you're looking at your options, uh, you know, besides foster care, which is a lovely, beautiful option, right. uh, but it's not for everyone. Right. Um, so you're looking at surrogacy, which can cost you 200K plus. You're looking at adoption, a domestic infant adoption, which can cost you 50K or more. And neither of these are foolproof options anyway. I mean, they they have bumps in the road yep. and they're um, difficult at times. So there's those concerns. There's concerns about whether their family will support them having kids and what it will do to them, if, especially in these kind of religious contexts that yep. you're talking about. Uh, and then there's the single guys who think that they need to wait for a man in order to raise a kid. And again, I, you know, I, I I get it. You know, it's not easy. In my situation, I'm a donor to a lesbian couple who are doing all the hard work, so I'm not actually doing the <laughs> the day to day labor of raising a kid. But for those single exactly. men that I know that are doing that, it's tough. You know, or for any single parent, right. obviously, it's it's really tough. So I, I get the hesitancy, but it's a growing part of our community. We've profiled. You know, dozens of queer men who have pursued these options on their own, and are are and they're my favorite stories to do on our site because they they don't shy away from talking about the difficulties. But but that became important enough for them to pursue to make it a reality for them. And you know, I think it's like a mind switch that you have to make at some point in your life if if having children really is that important for you. So anyway, my question is, (laughs) how do you counsel? I would say both couples and single queer men who are interested in having kids, but can find any number of these reasons, which again are valid concerns to avoid making this a reality for themselves.
1: That's a a question. So I, I coach all this stuff, but then I also coach professional speakers building their speaking business. And it's the same response. What's compelling you to become a professional speaker? Is it so deep inside you that if you don't do this, you will wish you had. And I was interviewing one of one of my guests a couple of days ago, and he has a great thing where he says, "If you can do it, you must." And I think that's a really valid point. If you can do being a parent, you must. Now that doesn't erase the excuses because it is expensive, and being single, and like, will I ever get laid again? For God's sake, you know, am I going to always have to like hire a babysitter for everything I do? It's those are big questions, and it is minor twenty three and twenty seven. It's still a lifelong commitment you know yep. and what i often say and i've had a few guys show up who are single and like i really want to be a parent let's get clear on why that's so compelling to you because just like being a speaker on stage if being a speaker on stage is the thing you feel so called to that you're willing to get up each day and rehearse and dial for dollars to get speaking gigs and put contracts together and get on stage and bomb and get on stage and be really great and travel like a crazy person all over the country or set up your virtual studio and do this thing then you should be a speaker and the same thing for being a parent it's not going to erase all the stuff that goes with it but if it's so deep inside of you and if you were taking your last breath and said the one thing i regret i don't want you to say the one thing i regret if you have the capacity to go do it it's interesting Dad, because that same family trip that we were on there is an amazing artist in Provincetown who does these amazing sculptures of like kind of think animal people, so like mermen and stuff, and they've got feathers and he handcrafts them and everything. Amazing artist. He's also legally blind. So to see what he did with these was amazing. Number one, and we bought a, a piece of his and we were talking, and our kids were there. This they were little. And of course, I'm like, do not touch one thing. This one piece is five grand. Dad doesn't have 10 grand if you break something, right? And he said, I really want children. I really want children. And he goes, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But he goes, I know I could do it. But he goes, my limitation is I'm legally blind and I'm single. And he goes, I'm really having to navigate all this. And that was the first time I had a conversation like that. I said, if it's so deep in your bones, just like it was deep in your bones to work around your disability, to create these amazing, masterful art pieces. You will find a way to be a a parent. A year later, we returned to Provincetown. He he had kind of closed his shop down, but his stuff was featured. I'm like, "Where's the artist? Where are the artists?" And and they're like, "He closed his shop because he became a dad." I was just like, "Oh my god,
0: that was so amazing!" You know, so great story. Yeah, and it's you know, it is. I mean, and the truth is, if you look at again everything that people have to go through to become a parent Mm -hmm. when you're queer or trans. Yeah, you know that you really want that kid. Yeah. That's why any sort of argument that queer people are not exactly. meant to be parents right. <laughs> or don't have, a, what, have what it takes. I'm like, you don't know what we go no, through. No, and I've These always maintained
1: that. I right. mean, people who yeah. have come at me like, you know, g- gay people shouldn't be parents. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> I realize in the heterosexual world, there's many couples who work really hard to conceive. I'm not going to discount that one exactly. bit. Absolutely. But when the entire world is against you saying you will not be a fit parent because of your sexuality and that, you know, kids are going to grow up. And even my own parents, I re- I had that conversation with my parents when I did finally come out. You're going to ruin those girls and you're going to turn them gay. Well, didn't work that way. <laughs> They're functioning heterosexuals. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. But yes, I believe LGBTQ individuals, and I do mean all LGBTQ plus individuals who want to be parents. Even those of us who came out of the closet with, you know, biological children, we work freaking hard to be parents yeah. because there's always, you know, even in the days when I was, my kids were younger and we were doing the school thing, what parent has to walk in and every year, not that I had to, but I did every year to the teachers and go, can we have a conversation? Here's what you need to know. I'm gay. I'm in a gay relationship. We're raising my children. I need you to know this just in case, which my youngest one was always like, yeah, I have two daddies. <laughs> like okay great here we go <laughs> we're on the roller coaster already but what other parent has to walk in and say hi let me let you know this i'm married to a man and and my mm-hmm. wife is this and that you don't have to ha- that's one example of a conversation you kind of have to have
0: right and we do that yeah you have to do it at a pediatrician yep. at a school at you know the place of your job often yeah absolutely it is it is uh it is work <laughs> it is very big <laughs> yeah absolutely You are the host of not one but two podcasts, which is surprising to me, given that I only host one, and I know how much work it is. <laughs> so I'm very impressed uh, by that. Let's talk about them both in turn. So your first is called Podcasts Life Uncloseted. Yep. So um, I think it probably touches a lot on, a, a lot of the themes that yep. we've um, talked about already. Who are some of your guests? What, what's kind of the, the the main theme of your podcast?
1: They've been all over the place. I've had people from I've had a couple of the pe- casts from Queer as Folk. Um, Bruce Valance has been on, and then I have people who are everyday folks that talk about their coming out journeys. And a few years ago, it it was originally um, the coming out lounge. And I'm like, this is cool. But then I'm like, I have a bigger message about lots of coming out stories. And I got some uh, (laughs) typical, I got beat up by the gay community. You're changing the name. You're letting other people talk. I'm like, yes, because there's beautiful coming out stories about coming out of cancer and all this sort of stuff. I'm so glad I did, David, because it's we're 500 and I think I just recorded episode 565 or something like that it's become this broad let's have a bigger conversation I mean one of my favorite interviews has been with a gal who was in my speaking program she was the last survivor pulled out of the Oklahoma City bombing and she talks about the conversations she had with herself and with God about if you get me out of this She's the sister to a very well-known gay author that most of us have read a certain book about something rage. Um, <laughs> and so suddenly I was like, wow, what a small world. But she was a very big girl, like close to 300 pounds. She hadn't finished high school or anything. And she worked at the in the credit union there. Well, suddenly her coming out of her closet story is she now weighs about 160, 170. She has ran five Iron Man. She went back to college, got her degree, and she is now the CEO of the credit union that was in that federal building. So there's a beautiful coming out story of how she uncloseted herself. So I feel very blessed. I mean, I'm even getting little goosebumps as I share those stories because, you know, it's hard to keep these podcasts going, right? Am I a million downloads a month? No, but it is one of those that it reaches the right people. And that's why I'm proud to do it. It's such a cool concept. Well, and I love it because there's so many weird different stories that I I even had one of my friends who's a, like a sales coach and we took her book about selling and we actually did a whole show about how to use sales techniques to sell yourself as a gay, lesbian, bi, trans person to your people. Here's how you sell yourself Mm. because it is, Mm. it's a sales job. It is. It's like, Hey, this is who I am. This is the benefits of me still being in your world blah, blah, blah. So, um, so yeah, that's what that one's about. My other one is where I get a saucy, saucy, smartass the whole time. It's 40, 40 plus gay men, gay talk. And I, I, I just talk straight up to gay men. Like, come on, you say you want a relationship, but your legs are wide open. I mean, come on, let's, let's go there. Right. <laughs> uh, but I also love it because I, I hug on our brothers and say, Hey, it's not easy being a gay man after 40 here's the stuff you know I'm going to be 59 in a a few weeks and there's different things we do and and now that one's taking traction too I think we're at episode 159 or 160. I love that one it's short it's sweet I I have guests but we go for like 10 minutes a lot of times it's like it's me just getting on and like talking trash you know like okay guys come on (laughs) you know that's what continues my practice I don't really have to market I feel very blessed about that Everyone who comes into the work with me has either heard me on a podcast like this or listened to my podcast and like, yeah, I think this is what I need. Ironically, I don't do, not intentionally, I don't do a lot of coming out work anymore, which was always my intent. The day I never have to coach somebody out of the closet, I will be ecstatic. It still is happening, but not as much. Yeah, I really work more with gay men in midlife, like, "Hey, I'm I want to have a kid, or I want to have my own business, or I want to move up the ladder, or you know, I really want to like put my life on track with my passion and purpose." So, that's me. That's what I do, and that
0: makes sense. I mean, it really is like it should eventually be that we get rid of the whole concept of the closet, right? Yeah. That it's you know something that that folks wrestle with, and and you know people's sexual orientations right. and gender identities are fluid and can change throughout their lives and something you should be con you know continually checking in with yourself so this whole idea that there's like this one moment where you bust out of the closet yeah and like you know huge explosion of glitter and rainbow flags and then you're you know that's what your life is um i so i really like the idea that you're extending the idea of coming out of 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 the closet to other parts and other facets to people's lives to really be thinking about like what's holding you back from living your you know most authentic, truest self. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely encourage people to give it a listen. The guests look um, really, really great. And so you've also written a book, but going back to the coming out, so it's uh, called Frankly, My Dear, I'm Gay. So can you talk a little bit about that and led you to to write it?
1: So I had, I had just finished getting my coaching certification and I'm like, I wasn't going down the path like, oh, every coach or every speaker needs a book, right? I was really feeling compelled to like, how can I pull together my best, like, here's some guidance, i've been bashed a little bit for this book because it's kind of like he's really flipping about coming out and everything i'm like it doesn't have to be a heavy subject it can be fun so i do every chapter is a piece of my story on the coming out journey at the end of each chapter it's like so if you're going through this here's some you know here's some thoughts here's some recommendation here's some exercises to go through and it's interesting because i was talking lauren olson he's another one who came out late in life and He's written a couple of books around this. His latest one is um, No More Neckties. And he and I were having this discussion around this whole thing about it's so heavy. You know, yes, it is a heavy thing. not I don't think any of us who've come out would say coming out is like it's a joy, you know, but it doesn't have to be heavy and down. And so that's why that book came into being. And now I'm wor- I'm working on book number two, which is the broader brushstroke. Of kind of that everybody's got closets, but what does it mean to unapologetically live your life on your terms? And um, so I've taken kind of everything, but actually Life on Closet is the reason that book is now coming together. I've taken a lot of the stories and thought about the processes and things people have said and incorporating that into that book. So it's going to get done one day. (laughs) It's written. I'm kind of like, it stares at me every day on my desk going,
0: when are you going to edit me? When are you going (laughs) to? Head me. Totally here. I find the coming out concept in the fact that that's becoming less a part of your practice encouraging, even though it's anecdotal, obviously. Right. But, and, you know, and I looked at, like you're saying, like everyone's coming out experience right. is unique. I came out at 15. It wasn't. You know, I didn't come like I wasn't thrown a parade or anything, but my family was very accepting. But you look at some of these kids coming out now and they're like they're thrown like right. a quinceañera right, exactly. party or parents are throwing their trans kids gender reveal parties right, exactly. when they've decided to, you know, come out as who they, you know, so it is the idea of coming out now is is in a lot of ways for younger folks like a celebration mm-hmm. rather than this mm-hmm. traumatic experience. So but you know what's interesting, that David, encourage. is
1: yes, it's not. A, I mean, I still do. I do. I do get guys that are like, OK, I need help with this. What's actually more interesting is the guys that I'm working with in midlife, gay men, what they don't sometimes put together is like, you really want to have your own business, or you want to quit working at this corporate thing, or you want a relationship. It's just another coming out process, man. And everything that yes. you did to come out of the closet to be yourself as a gay man, we're going to, of course, now I'm giving away my thunder and everybody's like, I don't need him now. He telling me what to do. But you actually use some of the same exact principles. You got to like, not care what other people are going to think. You got to do it because you feel called to be this way in your world. You got to trust yourself and have the confidence and the courage to go do it. And it's so interesting when I'm working with someone, suddenly the light bulb's like, bitch, you just (laughs) took me out of the closet again. I'm like, of course I did, because I think this is one of our greatest gifts as gay, lesbian, bi, trans people in the world. We've tapped into an inner power that actually, and I'm generalizing, but for the most part, kind of does make us invincible. If we can come out, there are so many things we can do. And too often, I feel like as a community, we don't pay attention to that. We don't leverage that in all areas of our lives.
0: Coming out as a toolbox. I really like that concept. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's great. And it does. It teaches you a lot of life uh-huh. lessons that can serve you throughout the rest of your life. Absolutely. Rick, this has been a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, thank you for uh, having of, me. Of course, of course. You can find out more about Rick at his website, which is rickclemens.com. And you have links to his podcast there, Podcast Life Uncloseted, and Podcast 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. Uh, thank you again so much for being on, and we look forward to having you on a future podcast. Great.
1: Thanks, man.